Hello and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church, two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations on two different coasts, talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Kevin Sheehan, Associate Pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. And I'm Matt Curtis, Pastor of Decision Life Church in Wairika, California. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back, loyal listeners, to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. We're glad that I'm you're on. with us again. <laughs> hey, honey. Um, this is we're, this is part two of a three-part series that we're doing on how to make the most of corporate worship time, how to worship well, how to make the most of Sunday morning, however you want to think of it. So we're doing this three-part series because there's three weeks in a row that one or the other of us is traveling and, and wasn't able to... <laughs> Uh, record a podcast. We just like to do it once a week. So they're um, kind of an ongoing thing, but we saw that coming. So actually we're recording all three of these in one sitting. So we're going to be really, by the end of this, we might be really tired and delirious and who knows what we're going to say. But uh, this way we can kind of, we can schedule them in advance and anchor our beloved anchor podcast host will just uh, post them online um, at their regularly scheduled time. So This is second in a three-part series on how to worship well. Part one, we talked about how to prepare for worship, what to be doing Friday, Saturday, and even Sunday morning to kind of prepare your hearts to engage in corporate worship. Now we want to talk about you're actually there. You're actually in the building. How do we make the most out of corporate worship? So step one, I think we're going to repeat ourselves a little bit from last week, um, but it's worth saying again. So Matt, do you want to start us off? Sure. So I think there's a lot of benefit if you're able to arrive on time, arrive early. Uh, you take time, you sit, you get your kids settled. Um, you, you quiet your heart before the Lord. Maybe you pray uh, there in the pew or chair or whatever. We've actually got tables set up where people can sit down and have their cup of coffee in our space. And you just sit down and uh, prepare prepare your heart uh, to hear from the Lord and to worship him and to pour yourself out in service uh, to him. And so that, that I think is a really good first step like that once you're in the building to, uh, or, you know, if you're meeting outside, outside uh, or wherever you are um, to prepare your heart and be ready to receive uh, from the Lord and uh, to spend, to pour yourself out to him. Right. Now a bit of a caveat here for those who have small children, we realize that that's really different when you have little kids. Yeah, but uh, we both have little kids, so. We yeah. do. Uh, one, it might mean you have to get a little bit earlier just so you can drop them off in the mm-hmm. nursery and, and do that. And also the idea of settling in, calming down, and quieting your heart when you've got kids climbing all over you. I'm sure there's plenty of people going, yeah, right, <laughs> when they hear that. So, like, look, we get it. We understand that small kids just changes the equation quite a bit. Um, we're still would exhort you to arrive early. Uh, there's still benefit, um, and doing your best to settle in. I mean, I know with our kids, they each bring their little backpack full of activities, uh, whether they color or draw or write or read or play with their little car or whatever. Um, but it gives them a chance to get settled in as well. And they, and they're kind of used to their routine now. So they do that, but also arriving early gives you a chance to, you know, talk to people. <laughs> like greet people say, say remember hello. seeing people in person <laughs> right that was really fun yeah right right and we're starting yeah. to do that again these days so yeah i just i i think we underestimate the value of arriving early to church 
to the worship service. And um, one, just saying hello to, to people, just, even just simple interactions. And, and just remembering that this is, a, this is a church family that's comprised of other human beings. This is, you know, bodies of bone and flesh who are coming together in a spiritual act of worship. But, it, but it's also just a very organic thing. Like it's people mm-hmm. coming together. And so even just the simple act of just saying hello and engaging in, even in small talk, um, saying, hey, good to see you. At least the part of your face that isn't covered up by a mask, right? I mean, it's good to see you. That has a lot of value. And, and, and again, I said this a little bit last week too, but just being able to sit and like listen to the prelude or just being able to sit um, quietly by yourself as much as that's possible with, you know, whatever distractions might be around you, I think just goes a long way. Uh, especially in an age in which we live where there's not a whole lot of space for that. Not a whole lot of space for just being calm and quiet. So yes. So do your best arrive, not just on time, but actually arrive early, make it your aim to be like, like 10 minutes early. So number two, I would say um, we call it a worship service for a reason. I think, especially in America, I think we tend to approach um, the Sunday gathering as consumers or as passive, you know, I'm here to hear something not to spend ourselves. And so, and I don't just mean like volunteer in the nursery or on the worship team or whatever, although by all means, absolutely do that. Uh, I mean, um, are you looking at it as here, here's, I'm bringing my offering to the Lord. And I, again, I don't just mean, and I don't just mean your monetary offering, although again, by all means do that. Um, as you sing to the Lord, that's you offering something to yourself. That's something of yourself. As you participate in the responsive reading or whatever it is, you're participating. Like one of the things I think the Catholic church gets right is they involve the people they're sitting and standing, your whole body's involved in it. And I, and, and again, I get um, for some there's like, well, it's too ritualistic or whatever. But there's something to training yourself to participate in what's happening in the service. Um, And so I I think coming coming in with that mindset that is a service, this is not just about what I receive, but about what I give away, um, that I think is very important to uh, incorporate into your Sunday morning or Saturday night experience or whatever. Right. Yeah. And be mindful of those around you. Um, I, I know you know, we as parents of small children have been blessed by those who are just mindful of the fact that we have kids and they help out, right? Sometimes they, they're, they're willing to watch the kids or, you know, whatever it takes or, you know, serve us in some way. Cause they just recognize that that's, you know, can be a bit of a challenge. Um, there are people around you that may have, may struggle with this or that or the other. They, they may have some sort of disability or they can't see well or hear well, or, I mean, I love it when the church just sort of comes together to, to worship together. And what that often entails is giving of ourselves so that others can more fully participate. Um, yeah. You know, we have a, a, a disability uh, ministry team at our church that does really excellent work um, in part, just bringing some of those things to our attention. Good old Stephanie. Yeah. Steph and mm-hmm. Dwight and others, they're just really good about that. And so right. we've, we've adapted those things over the years. So that's, so that we're always, well, we're hopefully always thinking of how do we make sure 
people can really fully participate. So we do things like responsive readings. We ask people to stand and sit at different times as they are able, yeah. not everyone's able. Um, and I think part of that is just one, one, it means we do it together and we're doing it with one voice. Like I love congregational singing. I love it when the band volume is low enough that you can hear everyone singing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just, sometimes I just like to close my eyes and just listen to everyone sing. Yeah. Or when we do a responsive reading that, that people are literally um, reading together aloud uh, the words of God to one another. Right. Like that can be a really powerful thing. So that's one way in which you can give of yourself and make it truly an act of service. Yeah, I guess maybe that's a good diagnostic question. How did I serve today? You know, or how will I serve today as I as I enter into yeah. church? Yeah, that, right. that's a mindset you have to decide like before you get there. Because it, it, it's hard to turn on once you're there, especially if that's not like a mindset you've already trained yourself in. Um, I, I think you need to train yourself to think that way. Yeah. 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 I mean, because you're right. We, we live in a consumer society and most people, most people treat church as just another consumer product. Well, it dishes out, right? Spiritual goods and services. Yeah. Um, maybe I tithe, that's my payment, or I work in the nursery, that's my, my, my payment of sorts. Right. And then I expect to get spiritual goods and services, whether it's teaching or preaching or the music yeah. that I like or you know, whatever it might be. Um, it's hard for us to get away from that because that's just how the rest of our lives are oriented. Yeah. If we don't like a product, we just go get the same product from a different company. Yeah. We didn't like the food, we'd go to a different restaurant. Yeah. And so we carry that over into the church. And if we don't get what we want, we just find something else or we do worship here and youth group there and Bible study the other. And, you know, it's a, it's a buffet. So yeah, the whole mindset of how can I serve not necessarily in some sort of official capacity or role, but just how can I be mindful of those around me, and what can I what can I offer to the Lord today? Well, again, I think it I think it goes to like the why you're there question. Are you there for you? You know what I mean. Is it about you and your development and your growth? Although I think those things are important, but if that's what's driving you, you're going to be very you centered. You know, I mean, it's. Which really leads us to the third thing that I'll let you get, get into because I've talked about the first two. It's it's kind of one of those like really frustrating things to hear as a church leader. It's when someone says that they don't get anything out of the service or get anything out of the sermon or whatever. It's not really about whether or not you get anything out of it. Yeah. In fact, that may have more to do with you than that, anything going on. That probably on in the has anyway. more to do. And again, we talked last week about how to prepare yourself for the service. Right. Uh, well, did you read the passage in advance? And did you pray through it and pray for your pray for the preacher in advance? Um, that that may that may be why you don't get anything out of it. I mean, it might be that the preacher is terrible and it was a lousy sermon. Could be, but if that's happening every time, you got to start to wonder. Yeah, yeah, uh, and 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 it, yeah. Anyway, so the question isn't whether you got anything out of it, but again, this is a worship service. What did you put into it? Was God honored? Was was his word opened up and proclaimed? Was it sung? Was it preached and prayed? Was it taught? You know, I mean, whether or not it kind of moved you, yeah, in some way is beside the point. I mean, there are lots of services that go by that I wasn't necessarily moved, but it doesn't mean that they weren't formative and yeah. helpful and honoring to God. 
Well, I say it the other way. It's like every so often something like God does a special thing. But going back to like a few episodes ago when we were talking about the the value of the ordinary, where most of the time it's just something being formed in you over time. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's like the old Alistair Begg line about how he doesn't remember any of his the meals his mother cooked him, but he's alive. <laughs> right. It's like it's kind of like a similar idea about sermons or worship services. Right. Like, look, uh, I can count on one hand, maybe the number of them that were memorable. And listen, I've been in church a lot. I'm a PK. I, we were there with the doors were open. I've been to a lot of church services and there's maybe half a dozen that stand out in, you know, 40 some years of being around church. Yeah. But I've undoubtedly been shaped by all the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you go in there with this mindset of service and and that we want God to be honored, we want the body of Christ to grow together into the maturity, then um, we're not looking at the question of what do I get out of it? Sure. Well, that's a good place to take a break. So uh, folks at home, why don't you go ahead and uh, get your beverage of choice. You always do this part. I don't have to say, get your beverage of choice or. Yeah. Whatever, whatever beverage you just, want, man. Just stretch. You got 30 seconds. What do you want to do in the next 30 seconds? You could probably read all of Colossians chapter four in 30 seconds. That's my challenge. Okay. To, that's my challenge to the listener. Challenge accepted. Okay. Right. Ready, set, and go. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Okay, we're back. It's Matt and Kevin. We're still talking church. Still talking about how to get the most out of corporate worship services. And Matt decided that Colossians 4 takes more than 30 seconds to read. So my apologies, dear listener. 60 seconds? Uh, it's Yeah, probably closer to 60 seconds. But, okay. you know, still, I, it was a fun challenge. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Well, in the first half, we kind of talked about um, you know, things to do before the service or maybe during. Um, and, and I think now we're kind of focusing on, okay, you've gathered together, you've worshiped, you've sung, you've participated in responsive reading. Um, you've presumably been there early to prepare and all of that. And now like the last song has been sent and, and I end every service with you are sent go in peace. And so the pastor has said that um, what, what's next? Well, I think one of the parts we haven't really touched on is at least as much is um, the fact that this is corporate worship. We've talked more about that this is worship rendered unto God. Right. But there's still an element to it that that's corporate. It's it's with other people, right? And right. so once the service is over, that's usually when you're, quote unquote, allowed you know, to go t- talk to other people now. Hey, so, don't do it during the sermon. That's rude. But, right. Right. <laughs> right. But make it a point to... to Talk with other people after the service. I mean, you can do this before as well, if you're there early. And certainly afterwards, go find someone to talk to. Fellowship with other people. Now, for some people, that's not the most comfortable thing to do. Um, but make it a point, even this, as you're standing up. I know sometimes it's just really easy to catch someone's eye who's next to you or whatever and just just talk. It's a, it's a communal activity. It's a fellowship. It's relational. Uh, it's important to know the people that we are worshiping with and who are a part of our church family. So, and for some people like talking after church is like, you don't need to encourage me to do this. Like they talk for an hour after church every, every week. And they, you know, that's not something that's hard, <laughs> hard at all. They look forward to that a great deal. And for others, it's much more of a daunting thing. Yeah. Um, but again, I think there's, there's good reason to um, be deliberate in fellowshipping with other people after the service. Who can I, who can I encourage just by my presence and saying hello? Uh, Who can I, 
Like, who can I tell that's hurting? And maybe I need to just go pray with that person. Who, who can I, who, uh, like the single mom is just like trying to get her kids to the car. And I'm like, you know what? I think I can maybe carry her Bible. I mean, like wh- whatever, whatever it is that you, I mean, be, be on the lookout for all that stuff. Yeah. And look for new people too. Maybe faces you haven't seen before. Yeah. Now, yeah. granted, it's, it's weird when we're all wearing masks. It's hard, harder to tell sometimes right. uh, who people are, but look for visitors Yeah, and just, hey, welcome. Glad you're here. And then, by the way, if you if it always is awkward, like, oh, shoot, maybe they've been coming here for a long time and I'm just blanking on them or whatever. That's fine. You know, the, the, that embarrassment passes pretty quickly. Well, and uh, it's always better to err on the side of acknowledgement. Always. And you can always just have a good laugh about it later. Yeah. I think especially if someone's there alone. Rebecca McLaughlin says a person alone is an emergency. And so, and so you, maybe you don't sit where you normally sit even, even, I mean, you, yeah. Yeah. So it's always good just to come up to someone. Hey, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. And then, you know, you know what I mean? Like if you're a little bit unsure whether they're new or whether you just haven't seen them before or whatever. And usually that kind of comes out. um, It's pretty evident. But, in my but, church, be, a, but like, be on the lookout no hiding, for visitors. But, be on the lookout yeah. for visitors. I mean, our church isn't that big either. So usually right. it's uh, pretty easy to tell. Um, but especially yeah. as people are kind of regathering again, um, right. they don't necessarily know everybody. And as people have started coming to our church during the middle of all this, and now other people are coming back for the first time in a while. And so they're, they're basically new to each other. Um, so be on the lookout for new faces. As Matt said, be on the lookout for people that really could use and be blessed by your presence in some form or fashion. Yeah. Our church is really good about, I think, I'm going to boast a little bit on my church, but I think we're really good about recognizing visitors and, and uh, making sure that they are greeted after the service in some form or another. I always love it when I see that happening. Yep. Amen. That's all good stuff. Which I guess we, all of that kind of covers kind of our last point where we just try, just hang out. Like, don't be in such a rush to get out of the building. Like, I, I, so often I see people like, okay where I'm making a beeline for the car because I want to get on to the next thing. And I just think you just miss out on a lot of opportunities and of what God wants to do by being in such a rush to get home or onto lunch or onto, you know, whatever it is. And again, we recognize sometimes there are things that are on the schedule you got to get to, but that happens. Uh, But in general, always good to just linger, especially if you're, you know, again, we'll talk about Sabbath some other time, but um, I think it's, one of the one of the great blessings of the Lord's day is that we can just linger. We don't have to be in a rush. Finally, so much of our lives are rushed that we can just linger and just talk. And part of lingering too, the more that you do it, the more you can kind of assess how other people are doing and mm-hmm. how you can be an encouragement or a blessing to them. Yeah. Because that doesn't necessarily come out in like the first few sentences of small talk. For sure. You know, um, but the more you linger, the the more honest, I think relationships become for sure and part of lingering too is is be on the lookout for people you just don't know as well don't just right. rush to the same group every time now we yep, all love to see, we all love to see our friends yep and people we're more comfortable with but um yeah now we're in the position of pastor it's a little bit different we have to do that even more so yeah be even more deliberate to try to talk to other people and oftentimes we get people will come and talk to us and that yep. takes up our time. But we're, but we're just as prone to just like people we're comfortable with and feel safe with. We, you know, tend to gravitate towards. And some of that's just natural. Like, but yeah, I think yeah. trying to put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. So can I tell a funny story before we, before we close? By all means. 
so it was a couple of weeks ago, I guess we were doing communion and, uh, the way that we're doing it now is, uh, uh, me and the other pastor, we stand there with the tray of bread and we use tongs. So it's sort of a no touch thing. And then there's elders behind us that have a tray of all the little cups. So people come forward, right. From their chairs and come forward and, and take, and then come back. So I'm doing that and using the little tongs, which take a little bit of concentration because they're kind of hard to grab the little things of bread. And mm. next thing I know, my four-year-old son's like grabbing onto my leg, like tugging at my shirt, trying to figure out what I'm doing. He's like, daddy, daddy, what's in there? What's, what is that? <laughs> so all these people are coming up and they got this little four-year-old hanging on to me. Oh, I should say, this was the Sunday when my wife was out of town. <laughs> so my two boys were, were back there without mom. So somebody came up, uh, one, one of the, one of our friends, another mom, um, grabbed him and brought him back to his seat. So, okay, good. So after, after communion's over and we're kind of putting all the stuff back together on the table in the front, uh, and I look over and I see my four-year-old, he's about three rows back from the front. So pretty close to the front and he's on the end and I can see him like getting ready to like run like up to me. And so I'm looking over at him, kind of giving him the stink eyes, but I can't, but of course I'm standing in front of the entire congregation. So I'm, I'm very visible at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. Tom's also up there, but I'm pretty visible and I'm kind of putting my hand out like a stop sign, you know, but I'm trying to kind of put my hand low so people don't, so it's not quite as obvious what I'm doing. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, he's about to bolt up here. And then sure enough, he just starts to run up there and there's a, there's a mom sitting right in front of him. And it was like, mom like reflexes and she just like reaches out with one hand and it grabs him by the arm <laughs> and like pin, <laughs> like pins him to the ground <laughs> I was like, I was that's like, body life right there man I was like oh that was that's, a nice catch that was so a really cool good catch. and then and then another mom came and like kind of more of an empty nester mom came and picked him up and carried him to the back of the church and just just held him until basically the service was over and we were wrapping up anyway but i was like yeah that's, like, awesome. that's body life so they knew i was they were momless that day and so a couple other moms stepped in to save the day so that's awesome we were, we were joking about it afterwards i was like man those are some those are some great mom reflexes there just <laughs> snatching that kid. that was not your first time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right right yeah so anyway body life so good that's how we do church together yeah but honestly it's like you know especially when when my wife's out of town which happens every now and then same i appreciate the moms who step up and sit with them during the service and who snag them when they are about to run up there and during the middle of communion so thank you moms perfect thank you moms happy mother's day it's not mother's day although like father's day is coming up soon yeah we'll have to save this one for next year Anyway, you've been listening to Matt and Kevin talk church. We got to land the plane. <laughs> we, we hope that you, what you've heard has been helpful and edifying and, you know, at least entertaining in that last part. Um, if you have questions or anything you'd like us to answer or a topic you'd like us to cover, you can email us at Matt and Kevin talk church at gmail.com. And you can always follow us on Twitter. In fact, by all means do at MKTC. With that being said, I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. We've been talking church and how to best engage in corporate worship. Be warm and be fed. Mm-hmm.